So here we go. Come on, welcome to Spectrum Church, everybody. We are thrilled that you're here, but again, today we are thrilled that our online viewers are here. Come on, let's shout out for all our podcasts, all of our YouTube channel. We love you. Welcome to Spectrum. Yeah. Man, man, oh man. Come on, church on fire today, amen? Come on, something's in the room. Come on, something's in the room. Uh, today we're launching a brand new series called Worship. And I want to just encourage you to kind of lean in the next several weeks. Because um, well, when we talk about worship, we're all coming from different environments and, and different backgrounds. And we always probably think of a little bit different thing when we hear the word worship or a different picture captures our mind for some of you. Maybe it's what happened during uh, our time just a moment ago where, where there's loud singing and there's loud instruments. And come on, how many know there's loud worship? That, that is worship. Come on, somebody. Uh, uh, but, but, but it's not just that. A lot of times growing up, like my grandma would say, I'm going to go to worship service. And, and, and in her mind, worship was going to a church service. Uh, but it's much deeper than that. So for the next several weeks, we're going to really unpack this word. And I, I'm going to kind of go in a way that maybe uh, you haven't maybe thought of uh, just because you haven't thought of. And so uh, uh, I believe today and for the next several weeks as we talk about this, we're going to leave blessed. We're going to leave changed. Come on, we're going to grow spiritually. Amen, everybody. Uh, that's just what we're going to do. In the Old Testament, what you see with worship is that you'll see a word called offering. And in the Old Testament, really, it was somebody bringing an offering, an animal, and that was then sacrificed to God. It was used as an animal actually lost its life. Its blood was drained, and it was placed on an altar. In the Old Testament... There was this continual sacrifice of, of animal sacrifice that was offered up to God. Again, we know that without the shedding of blood, the Old Testament and the New Testament tells us, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission or removal of sin. And so in the Old Testament, and we kind of combine that with the New Testament, uh, when it comes to us and worshiping God, uh, there's something about this, this word offering and worship that, that's a kind of a combo word. And so I, I want to encourage you as we really kind of lean in for the next several weeks that you think about this word worship, but you also think about this word something being offered. And, and, and the thing that we're going to find out in in this, in this series is that God is going to ask us through the word of God to do something with specific areas of our life to be used now in worship for him. So, so listen, if, if you're new to the faith and you're new to Christianity, I, I want you to kind of just, just, just take a step away in, in this regard. And if, you're, if, you're, if you've been in the game for a while, you've been in Christianity, you've been in church for a while, that you would take some further steps in this thought that, that my, my experience with God and my, my devotion to God and my, my offering to God and my worship to God can not only just be a Sunday thing from 9.30, Come on, somebody, to just a few hours or 80 minutes. It's got to be something that's, that's part of my life and my lifestyle. And if you do that, here's what I'm going to tell you is going to happen. 2020 will just shock you who you'll be at the end of 2020. Just this one thought, that I'm, I'm going to use my life as an offering to God. I'm going I'm to think about not a Sunday experience. I'm going to think about an everyday experience that I can be used to worship God. I can be used to give back to God what he wants me to give back to him. So, so I'll, again, some of the stuff we'll talk about in the next couple of weeks will be challenging. But how many know if we're never challenged, we'll never grow? 
It only happens as we're challenged and we're, uh, maybe we see something, read something, experience something, and we, we move towards that, that we actually grow spiritually. In the Old Testament, again, what we find out is that really worship with this offering, something died. So, something died. It cost, the, it cost the giver, that animal, that, that, that sacrifice, it cost them something. Something died. And so, so listen today. I, I don't believe anything's, nothing's going to die in you physically. But I pray every time I'm in a worship service, every time I read the Bible, every time uh, I'm in my daily life doing that God's touching my heart, I want something not of God to die in me. And something that is of God to germinate in me. Come on, anybody like that today? Come on, I want the weeds to be gone, and I want the seeds to grow. And that's what's going to happen during this, during this series. And so I'm so glad that you're here with us. Let me just give you a quick definition of the word worship. There's all kinds of definitions in the Old Testament, New, Def, uh, New, New Testament. But this is just really simple. Look on the screen. Worship means to bow down. Worship means to lower yourself. And so what I'm asking you to do is just think about this for the next several weeks. And again, work this, massage this into everything in your life. That worship is just asking me, asking me to bow down. It's it, it, one, one, one different definition means to bow the knee or even prostrate yourself you know just lay down flat like like God I can't get any lower I'm lowering myself as far as I can and and that that could be a physical position but how many know you could be kneeling on the outside and standing on the inside you could be kneeling, you could be, you could be saying, God, I, I need you, so I'm, I'm kind of bowing, or I could be bowing here, but never, never surrendering my life. And so I want to encourage everybody, and as I'm encouraging myself, no matter how long, as, as you know, Brittany said, we've been serving God 35 years in full-time ministry, really been full-time with God for about 40 years now. You know, still, I've come face-to-face -face with, I need to consecrate my life more. I need to separate from some contaminating influences more. I need to worship God a little bit stronger in a certain area of my life, and I believe if we'll have ears to hear, come on, God's going to do something amazing in us during this series. Amen? If you've never read the Old Testament, I want to encourage you to, to, to read some of the stories in the Old Testament and then, you know, just combine that with the, with the New Testament stories and the New Testament realities of now who you are in Christ. But there's a story from Genesis chapter 22, and for some of you that read the Bible, you'll, you'll know this story. And if you haven't read it, I'll kind of paint it for you. Uh, in Genesis 12, God came to a guy named Abram, and he was going to be the first God guy that God was really going to work with uh, to bring uh, a new nation. And so Abraham is really called the father of faith for us. And Abraham, he was 75 years old. He was past the age of producing kids. His wife was 65, Sarah. She couldn't have kids. And yet God says, you're going to have kids. It's more than the star and more is the sand on the sea. And he couldn't really fathom that, but God began working in his life. Fast forward 25 years later, that came to pass. They actually had a son named Isaac. His name means laughter. It's amazing. And it means laughter. And their, their, their life was full of joy and full of gladness. We don't know exactly how old Isaac was, but Genesis 22 talks to us about an encounter that God has with Abraham. And God says this to Abraham. He says, take your son, your one and only son, and go up to Mount Moriah and offer him as a sacrifice before me. Oh, Abraham knows. Abraham's been involved with where God talked about animal sacrifices. And, and Abraham's seen this. And, and Abraham, uh, he, he, he knows what God's saying, but he knows something else must be up because God never kills. God always gives life. But the Bible says, before that, it says God tested Abraham. He tested Abraham. 
And he told him that. And Abraham got, got Isaac, and most theologians, guys and gals, a whole lot smarter than me, believe, some, believe that Isaac was somewhere around 14, you know, 13, 14, 15, 16 years of age. And, and Abraham got him, and the Bible says they got a knife. He got a knife, and he got fire, and he got wood to go up to Mount Moriah, which, by the way, is a type, uh, and it, it's where Calvary is. So it's a type and, and shadowing of Jesus Christ going to the cross for us. And there was a knife, and there was fire, and there was wood, and, 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 and his son, Isaac, asked his dad, Abram, well, what are we doing? Where are we going? And, and he says, well, where, where's the sacrifice? There's the knife, there's the fire, there's the wood. Where's the sacrifice? Can you imagine a son asking that to a father or a mother? And Abraham looks at him, and he doesn't say, you're the sacrifice, but he was. He doesn't say, you're the sacrifice. He says, God will provide. Come on, somebody. How many know God's in the business of providing? Man. So they go up to that place, and here's what, as they were, before they actually launched out, here's what it says. Abraham says to his servants that were there with him and his son Isaac, and he says, me and the lad, this is old King James, me and the lad are going to go yonder. We're going up there. And we are going to worship, and we're going to come back. Check it out. He says, God says, go up there and offer your son. He understands a sacrifice. He understands what's going to happen. He understands God's, what God's saying. But Abraham knows God's not a killer. God's not a murderer. We're going to go to the mountain, and we're going to worship. The first mention of worship in the Old Testament. The first mention of the word worship is here that Abraham uses. We're going to go yonder. We're going to go up to that mountain. We're going to bow our knees. We're going to offer to God. We're going to worship. But he says, we are going to come back. God's not done something happens every single time you worship god you come back changed i come on something's going on in the room this morning let me tell you i hope you can you all sense that this morning come on the room is lit come on we had an amazing revival night on friday night hope you come back and hang out with us the end of march man mark francie is going to be with us it's going to be amazing you got to be in the room but he said, we are going up there and we're coming back. It's the first mention of the word worship. And if you know the story, Abraham got his boy, 14, 15 years old. He could whip his dad. Come on, his dad, his dad's about 115 at the time. Come on, his dad, come on how many of you think a 15-year-old can whoop a 115-year-old? Come on, I know that's that strong arm, man, but come on, how many, a uh, 15-year-old, man. And, and so, but, but he laid him on the altar, and the Bible says he got the fire, and he got the knife, and he was getting ready to kill his son. And the angel of the Lord stopped him and said, don't do it. Don't do it. This act of worship, this act of just divine supernatural obedience, that's what God wants in our lives. He wants us not to, not to kill our kids, not, not to be mean and nasty, and, and not to just have our experience as a Sunday thing, but to have our experience with God as an everyday thing that, 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 that invades my entire life, everything I do, everything I think, everywhere I go, every person I associate with, that I can think that I am going to use this to worship God. He doesn't want to kill you he wants you and I changed can you say amen everybody so we want to find out as we talk about this today we kind of set the table for the next several weeks here's where we're going to be for the rest of our time about 30 minutes the rest of our time today is that worship is something that affects your body worship is something that affects your body 
We'll break it down in the next several minutes because what we find out is that this act of obedience that Abram did, that Abraham did, and, and not holding anything back, not holding the son that he had believed God for, he and his wife, for 25 years, that now we're going to walk up the mountain. I'm going to give my body. I'm going to walk up the mountain. I'm going to have my son, and, and, and I'm going to believe that you're going to do something amazing in our life that we haven't seen up until now, worship has to affect what you do, where you go, how you conduct yourself while you're in your body. Romans 12, verse 1 in the NIV says this, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Notice, he says, offer your bodies as a what? A living sacrifice. So, so Paul is urging the church at Rome, and Paul is urging us, and so I am asking you, based on the scripture, that you would make a decisive decision to offer your body as a sacrifice to God. The Apostle Paul, in a different translation, says, this is your true and this is your proper worship. This is your reasonable service. This request is not unreasonable. And we're living in a day and we're living in a generation, as you well know, where people say, don't talk to me about what I do with my body. My body is my own. It is not your own. We'll read a scripture. Your body belongs to God. So you have no choice if we're going to live and we're going to use our body as worship to God. I have no choice what I do with my body. My choice has been made by God according to the scriptures. Paul is saying, again, serve God with your body. Serve God with your body. Gary, what are you talking about? How, how am I going to serve God? How do I serve God with my body? Here's what he's going to tell us, and here's what scripture tells us. By keeping it pure by keeping it holy, and by keeping it uncontaminated. You keep your body as a living sacrifice. You use your body in worship to God in one way, this way here, by keeping it pure, by keeping it holy, and by keeping it uncontaminated. Now, if we get into the, and we become the rule church, you ever been to the rule church? That everything's a rule? They got rules for every single thing? You know, don't, don't like, 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 like that church that I would never be allowed up here because I got jeans on, number one, black jeans. I got tennis shoes on now, bright orange. We don't have orange in our church. Uh, and I, I don't have a tie on, or, or, or the women don't have a certain length of dress, or your hair, or makeup, or, or the rural church that says you've been divorced, so you can't come, or, or, or you, you, you've had an unwanted pregnancy, and so you do this, but you can't do this. But we'll all take your money. Come on, somebody say amen. You've been to that church? Come on, we always take your money just talking so how do you how, how, we're not the rule church but but people always ask me so let me just give you some thoughts to think about based on the scripture how do I keep my body pure how do I keep my body uncontaminated how do I keep my body holy couple thoughts from scripture I gotta avoid sexual sin I can't be having sex before marriage I can't be having sex with somebody else after marriage 
I got to keep myself from sexual sins. Scripture's real clear on that. I got to keep myself from drugs and addictions. I got to keep myself uh, from, from anything that's going to cause me not to be in my right mind. I can't, I can't, I can't do that. I can't do that. I got to keep myself, and I just say it this way, from too much alcohol. I can't say alcohol because the scripture's real clear. You can drink wine and be okay, but if you go too much, you go too much. Uh, and just, just, you just go too much. Uh, but, but let me go kind of kind of in a minute somewhere here where, where we don't even think about it. But the Bible's real clear because when you look at like in Galatians 5 and it talks about sexual sins and stuff, it'll throw out a word that'll jack, all the, uh, jack some people up in church. It talks about gluttony. So if my body's going to be used and worshiped to God, Gary's got to push back from the table when he wants another plate. And Gary hadn't always done that. And you might look at me, and I'm probably in the best shape of my life just because I am. That's just the way it is. Uh, but but, I'm, uh, but <laughs> I just am. I'm in the best shape of my life. I really am. Just am. Don't make me, don't make me rip my shirt off on you. Don't make me, don't, don't make, don't make me go Hulk Hogan on you up in here. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 you, you might go out here, you know, thin to win, whatever you're thin, you know, whatever you listen, uh, come on. I, I would sit down, I would eat, I would eat a half gallon of ice cream at a time. Gluttony. I I I I'd eat fries till you couldn't eat no more fries. And I'm not shouting, I'm talking about me. So I'm just saying, before you start judging somebody else, you better look at yourself. So we're just saying, if, you're, if I'm going to worship God, then what's the point? What's the point? If it's gluttony with me, what's the point? Because God wants you to make it to the finish line strong and be an example to other people. And God wants the gift and talent in your life not to go to the grave early. So in our day, listen to me, we got to look at what we be eating up in here. Gluttony. Listen, how about here? How, with our body, how do I worship God? Keep it pure, keep it uncontaminated. I, I, can't, I, I can't be lazy. I can't be lazy. I can't be lounging everywhere. I got to, come on, I got to get a job. I can't have lethargy. I can't just be doing nothing, wasting time. The time a second ago, it's gone. Never going to get it back. Gone. Never going to get it back. This next second, gone. Never going to get it back. What am I doing with my life? I got to use my body in worship to God. Come on, somebody give me some feedback here. Here's what Paul says. We read it. He says this, in view of God's great mercy that brought us salvation, since God is worthy of our entire lives, I've got to live my life for him. In view of God's great mercy is what he says. I urge you, in view of God's great mercy, offer yourself. In view of God's great mercy, offer yourself. One more time. In view of God's great mercy, you saved me, you delivered me, you called me, you redeemed me, you sanctified me, heaven's my home. You're good, you're faithful, you're reliable, you're trustworthy. Come on, somebody. And so in view of that, Gary... Church, do something with your body. Uh, what I think maybe is the problem is that we don't live our life in, in view of God's great mercy. Life really kind of blurs our perspective. Uh, you know, like today, it might rain a little bit, and, and we don't see it too much around here, but if you've ever been somewhere where you're on like a, a logging road or something, which I've been on a lot, a lot of different logging roads, you know, hunting in Canada, and stuff gets on your windshield, so much so that you can't see, right? And so you got to use the squirters, you got to use the windshield wa washer stuff, and you got you to get that stuff off so, so you can see. Listen, God needs you to get the junk off your life so you can see what God's called you to do. So you could in view, in view. I gotta have a view. I gotta clean my life with my body. I gotta present my body holy and a sacrifice to him so I can see everything he wants me to do. <laughs> Man. So Paul says, offer your bodies 
as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. God is and wants to be pleased with your body, not just your spirit, but your body. So the question I got to ask myself is to ask myself, this is internal for all of us. Father, are you pleased with what I'm doing with my body? And if not, then I am going to make some adjustments. And I encourage you to do the same as well. Every sacrifice we found out in the Old Testament, we said it, had to be killed. And so Paul tells another church, he says, count your body as dead. Count your body as dead. Don't let your body, don't let your body dominate you. Count your body as dead. In view of God's great mercy, count your body as dead. It's an offering. It's used in worship to God that it doesn't run you. You run it. So now my body, your body, is set apart by God. It's to, it's to be holy. It's to be uncontaminated. It's to be, it's to be pleasing to God. And growing up, I never kind of got that. I didn't, you know, I thought, you know, again, the, the worship before God was a Sunday thing, and it was a, a church thing. But, but God, I wish somebody would have told me early on when I wouldn't go crazy with drugs and alcohol and running around and doing all kind of crazy stuff and abusing my body. And like some of us, you know, come on, we, we, we've been there with gluttony and stuff and and. and sexual stuff and promise gays with all these different people and, and, and but but my body my body's not not mine it, it belongs to God and, and so for some of us uh, maybe we're feeling the effects and, and we've got effects of a, of a lifestyle that's been away from God but listen to me I believe God can change the effects in your physical body of your life being away from God because he is called a redeemer Come on, everybody. So just don't say, well, this is just the way it's going to be. Because I know guys that have done needles, all kind of stuff, and, and heroin and all kind of stuff. But God has reversed stuff in their lives, and God will reverse stuff in your life. Come on, everybody. That could be a good place to say amen. Aaron's up here early. Man, I got a lot to say. Come on, come on. You're going to be playing. Come on, Aaron's going to be. Come on, give it up for Aaron. He's going to be playing for a long time up here today. Come on. Man. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23, check it out. I love this scripture. Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way. What ways? And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. Wow. A blameless body. That I can have a blameless body. You can have a blameless body. Is a body used in worship to God. My spirit, I think we kind of think that, well, you know, just my spirit, but, but he also says my, my, my soul, we'll talk about that, but my body, my body blameless. The word blameless means can't be judged, can't be condemned, can't be judged, can't be condemned. So, so we live in a generation, as we all know, and I'm not saying it's right, it's just the way it is, that people look at the outside before they know the inside. They judge a book by its cover. And I, I've, been, I, I, I've been there. You know, I, I've, <laughs> I've been there, and it's an issue with me that I'm, I'm Jesus' name, I'm growing in, looking at somebody going, whatever. But like, really? You don't even know them. And, and so, but he tells me here that, that, that my body, I, I can have a blameless body, is a body used in worship to God that can't be judged, can't be condemned. Doesn't mean we're perfect. But means that we're people that are taking steps towards God and saying, God, 
I want to again offer my body and present my body's worship to you and I want to honor you with my body. We read this scripture a moment ago from Romans 12. Look at what it says in the Message Bible. I love it. So here's what I want you to do. And the Apostle Paul is writing this in Romans 12, 1. Here's what I want you to do. <laughs> here's what I want you to do. God helping you. How many know God's going to help you in this? Take your everyday life, your ordinary life, your sleeping, your eating, your going to work, your walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Take everything in your life, every single thing in your life, your ordinary life, your sleeping, your eating, come on, my, my going to work, my walking around life, my going to the mall, my hanging out on my bike, my going to the gym, you're doing, you're, you're doing your, your ballet class with your kids, the soccer field, you're going to the grocery store, you're just going to work, you're just doing your life. Take it all and give it, place it before God as an offering of worship. So I want you to think this week. Think of everything you do as an act of worship to God. Everything. Not a Sunday thing, not a sing thing, not a praise thing. That's part. But everything I do as a worship to God. I don't want to separate my life. I don't want to separate church life from from any other part of my life, it's all used in worship. So let me ask you some questions or talk about some things. How you do life at home. How you do life at home. How you treat your marriage partner. How you raise your family. The relationships in the home. If you've got aunties, uncles, you've got other family members, cousins. Paul says, Use those relationships as worship. How you do, or how you neighbor, let's say it that way, how you neighbor, <laughs> how you conduct your life in the, in, in the community, how you conduct your life. Are you, are you, are you that person when, when, when the 16-year-old at, at Chick-fil-A forgets your, forgets your uh, puts crispy chicken on your thing instead of grilled chicken and you lose your mind? You lose your mind, you lose your mind. That ain't worship. And that person on the phone, pardon me, from India who you cannot understand. And Pastor Kimberly was on the phone for five hours because our phones were jacked up. And she was spent, she was spent five hours. Jesus, I would need a Red Bull, a, come on, a triple espresso latte frappuccino and something. Going to worship you, Lord God. How I neighbor, how I look at other people that don't look like me. How <laughs> I'm going to live my life in my community is worship to God. H how I do my business, how you do your business, and how you work tomorrow for that crazy boss, for that lady who's just like, man, she's on you. Come on, that boss is on you. She's premenopausal, postmenopausal, all in menopausal on you. And you're like going, oh, God, deliver me, deliver me, deliver me. And God says, worship me, worship me, worship me with your body. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Man, 
how you do business, how you do work. So I'm going to use my body with excellence. I'm going to bring increase to this man, this woman, this company. I'm going to bring increase. I'm going to be a team player. Work on my attitude. Work on my speech. I'm not going to be the crazy guy who backbites to get ahead. I don't need to backbite. God is the God who's going to elevate me. Come on, everybody. So I'm going to use it in worship. Use it in worship. Come on, I got to go fast. Come on, listen real quick. First Corinthians 6, 19. Do you not realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Do you realize this? He lives in you. He was given to you by God. You do not belong to yourself. Here it is. You do not belong to yourself. God bought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. God bought you with a high price. Do you not realize Old Testament, the temple of God, it was all built the exact perfect way. All the incense, all the smell, everything was exactly the way God wanted it to be. It was perfect. It was holy. The sacrifices, the worship, everything. Now he says that was the way it was. Now you're it. Your body is a temple. Don't defame it. Don't degrade it. Don't make it impure make it impure the price that was paid for you determines its worth and the price paid for you and me was the blood of Jesus Christ so now in turn he's asking me to worship him with my body so again you're not your own you've been bought with a price we just read it glorify God in your body and your spirit which are God's Glorify God in my body, my body. Not a Sunday thing, a home thing. When I'm talking, I'm getting irritated. I'm going to lash out and I'm going to worship. I'll shut my mouth. I'm going to worship. And my kids, when they come home, when they're smelling a certain way and swagging a certain way, and eh, and I know I know I got a parent, and I know I got, but but I'm going to do it as a worship to God. When I go to work and they say, you know, you didn't get the raise, you didn't get the promotion, and that other person did, I'm going to worship God. I'm going to celebrate you because I know my day's coming. Real quick, one more scripture. i got to give you one more. 2 Timothy 2, Paul writes this. In a large house, there are articles not only of gold and silver, but also wood and clay. Some are for special purposes, some are for common use. Those who cleanse themselves from the latter will be instruments for special purposes, made holy, useful to the master, prepared to do any good work. Paul says there's some utensils, you, you, have, you have the who's who coming to your house, woo, come on, I'm not, bring, I'm not having out, you know, I'm not bringing out the plastic forks and knives, I'm not bringing out the paper plate, come on, we bringing out the china. If I got china, we bringing out china. Come on, we bringing out china. We, we've got some stuff at our house that, that, dear God, I don't know how we did it, but 36 years ago when we got, got married, back in that day, it was like, you know, you had, a, you had some everyday, you, you get for the people that are going to give you gifts, everyday dishes, then you have the special dishes. And we, have, we got the special dishes. We got the special gold-plated stuff. I don't know how much we spent on that, but dear Lord, dear Lord, anyway. Uh, uh, and can I tell you, can I tell you how many times we've used it? I, I, probably about this many times. Honestly, honestly, glasses, little goblets with gold around them. Honestly, I ain't know where they are. <laughs> I don't know where they are. 
But Paul says this, you can choose what kind of vessel you wanna be. You choose. I choose to be a vessel of honor. I choose. I wanna be a vessel of honor. So I wanna separate myself from contaminating influences and corrupt corruption. I'm gonna, I'm gonna separate myself. So here's what we know from the scripture. When you come to God, God cleans you from the inside out. Look, when you come to him, he starts working on you. So listen, if you're here going, I can't, I'll never be, oh, don't you sweat it, baby. You should keep coming to church. Right now, can I, can I tell you what's going on right now? Come on, Soapy Joe's is going on right now, right now in church. Soapy Joe's at the bottom of the hill. You just go in there, you pay your 20 bucks a month and everything gets clean. How'd it happen? You just do this with your windshield wipers. Everything gets clean. And you just go on your merry way. You just keep coming to church. God's going to work in you. Come on, he's, he's cleaning you up on the inside. That's his job. Come on, that's his job. Hey, don't you worry about it. You just keep coming to church. You just keep saying, I'm going to worship you my body today. And he's going to do his work. He's going to, when you get born again, he, start, he does that work. And then he keeps doing that work in you. But, but listen, here's the other side of that. Is that as you grow spiritually, <laughs> he expects you to wash up. He expects you to wash up. And to take care, listen to me, hear these last words, take care of his property. Your body's not your own. How you doing there? How you doing there? I'm not talking about not putting a tattoo on there. You want to get inked up, baby, get inked up, but make sure it all works. Come on, somebody, make sure it flows, you know what I'm saying? Don't have grandma here and then some evil thing over. Come on, come on, come get, make sure it flows. And make sure if you get that girl's name or that guy's name, you stay married for the rest of your life. Make sure it flows. Just throwing that out there. Or keep it covered up, baby. Just keep it covered up. But here's what I got to do every day, and here's what you got to do. I got to wash up every day. I got to wash up every day. Because every day, come on, I take a shower at least once a day, generally twice a day. Because every, every day I get dirty. I get dirty. So when I come to the Word of God, I'm saying, God, I'm going to give my bodies worship to you again. Work in me. I don't want to get contaminated. I, 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 I got I to stay in view of you and what you want to do with me. Too many, too many hindrances, too many stuff I can, I can, I, I can get off track and I, I, I can be on social media forever and, and my body wants to do this and my body wants to come on, eat carne asada fries all day, all night and then sit around, eat double stuffed Oreos and ice cream. Help me, Jesus. But that's gluttony, so I can't do that. And so I gotta eat hummus and lettuce. Come on, somebody up in here. <laughs> Throw some peanut butter in there. Come on, somebody, in Jesus' name. Yeah, we are. Hey, one last thought. I read this. I, I, I found this this past week. I thought it was just too good. I, I've seen it before, but I forgot about it. Here's what it is. The Westminster Catechism says this. The chief end of man is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. The chief end of man is to glorify God and then to enjoy him forever. God wants you to enjoy him. And one of the ways we can enjoy God is by offering our body as a sacrifice unto Him. Come on, bow your head, close your eyes.